Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Hallelujah. Go with me to Proverbs 29 tonight. We want to uh, continue with something that we've been looking at uh, that we've called the unity of vision. Unity of vision. And I'm just so grateful for what the Lord's doing. Amen. Uh, We had four people born again this morning. Uh, Four new believers baptized. And so we're excited about what God's doing in our churches, amen. It's our year, our season. Glory to God. And, uh, you know, in, uh, of course, at Little Rock this weekend, Miss Pat's been with us. And uh, it's uh, really been good. And on Sunday mornings, I've been teaching on being led by peace. And uh, she did not know it, but she just followed suit with being led by peace. But here's, here's the thing that, uh, that and, and I share this with you all uh, consistently. I share these things with you. You know, it's um, the, the people the, that, that God brings into your life. And, and when I say this, I mean the generals, the, the ministers, the men and the women that, that, that God has uh, graced us to have in, in our midst. Uh, you know, it's so important that we're receiving everything we can receive from them. And, and here's why. Because they're not going to be here forever. Amen. Not going to be here forever. And uh, I, was, I was talking to my wife when, um, of course, when our pastors found out that Sister Pat was coming, they said they were going to be in both services. And I told my wife, I said, that's priceless. That's priceless because, uh, uh, you know, and then to have them all moving in the Holy Spirit together. We, you don't know when you might see that again. Or you don't know when you might not ever see it again. But God's graced us and graced this fellowship to have them as a part of what we do. Amen. And we are a generation that's going to continue the word of faith and continue in the vein that we learned it. That's what the Lord said to me all those years ago. He said, you teach the pure word of faith in the manner that you learned it. And he said, you stay with your fathers and you'll stay safe. Stay with your fathers and you'll stay safe. And so we're, we're that third generation, if you will. But unity of vision Unity of vision. The Lord spoke to me in the summer of 1996 and said the vision for your life and ministry is, and then he said to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. Amen. Amen. So 27, 28 years ago. Then in 1999, the Lord said the vision of this church. We've been pastoring this church a little over a year. The Lord said the vision of this church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. So 1996, the Lord gave that vision to me. He gave that vision to me and my family. 
1999, the Lord gave that vision to this church. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? Proverbs 29 and verse 18 is a very familiar scripture, but the next two verses are, as Brother Hagin would say, our golden text. Proverbs 29 and verse 18, the very first part of that says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. The people perish. Well, there's a reason that people perish without a vision, and here's why. The vision gives life to everything that God's asked us to do. The vision of a church gives life to everything God's asked that church to do. All right, because the vision, a vision from God, comes self-contained with its own power source. All right, it's like buying, buying a toy that comes with batteries. All right, it's, it, the batteries are included. That, that's a good thing, right? Batteries included. All right, when, when God gives you a vision, it's not something that you have to make happen. It's just something you get in the flow of, and it happens. I've got a part. I've got a responsibility but it's something that God says, this is the vision, and the vision will come to pass. How do I know that? Because of our next verse, our next, our next uh, uh, scripture that we're going to go to. He says, the vision will come to pass. It may tarry, but wait for it, because it's going to come to pass. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see that? See, without vision, there's no life. There's no movement. There's no forward momentum. Because there's without a vision. Oh, hallelujah. Vision creates parameters. All right, vision creates parameters. Every, it, can, it can very well be decided, is that the vision? In, in our case, is that building faith and framing worlds by the word of God? Because those are the parameters. And then everything in the church serves to service that vision. So you don't have people just doing their own thing and building their own kingdom and preaching whatever they want. Everything they do serves to service that vision. Hallelujah. I've I've told the the, the associates here and in Little Rock, you know, when, when you have the opportunity to minister, your job is to see what the flow of the house is currently and get in that flow. Not to preach your latest greatest, right? And, and they don't, and I, and, and, I, and I would never be derogatory towards their ministry. It's, it's phenomenal. But here's what I'm saying. If, if the heart of that minister is the vision, they're up there to further the vision, not to have a pulpit for themselves. Because I'm there to service the vision. I'm there to service the vision. I'm the one God gave the vision to, but I'm there to service the vision. So then everything serves to empower the vision. Am I helping you? Ah, glory. Vision is safety. Vision is safety. Vision is solidity. There's a solidness with vision. Hallelujah. Where there is a vision... You're not just doing your own thing. It's important. I'm not just doing my own thing. Hallelujah. 
You will never know the extent that God can use you until you're ready to put your anointing and your calling in the service of a vision. I've learned that over the years. Hallelujah. See, every person in here, whether you're called the fivefold ministry or not, if, if you're just in, in just a layman, a layperson, you're called to do something for God. But what you're called to do in this church services the vision. Amen. Right? It's important. That, that's, that's so important. Because you'll, you'll, you'll hear people say, well, this is, is my vision. Wait a minute, wait a minute. If God's called you here, and God has called me your pastor, and you're a part of faith builders, let me help you. Your vision is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. Right? Amen. I've, I've got individuals in here that were in the military, and it's specifically Pastor Ron. And uh, uh, I don't know, we have Air Force back there. Is that the military? Is, I, okay, I'm just wondering. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't have any room to say anything. I didn't serve in any of the, any of the branches. But, right, but here's, the, here's the point. Here's the point. Here's the point. All right? What is the vision of a military group. Here's the vision. Win. Obtain the objective. Is that right? But now here's the question. But does the Marine Corps go about it different than the Air Force? Because they have different, here you go, callings. Right? So the Air Force is providing air support. The Marines are boots on the ground. And in the air. Right? And on sea. Wow. They're like word of faith. But here's my point. Here's my point. You don't ever find someone in either of those services that say, well, this is what I'm called to do. Because they all have an objective. And the way and 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 their and their parts are different, but their vision is the same. Well, you know, Pastor, I believe I'm a prophet. Right, that builds people's faith and frames their world by the word of God. Well, you know, I'm an intercessor. Yes, that builds people's faith and frames their world by the word of God. I'm an evangelist that builds people's faith and frames their world by the Word of God. See, when you eradicate my vision and their vision, you get something done. You cannot function to the full extent of what God's asked you to do if you're not lined up and a part of and participating in the vision of the house that God's called you to. Because here's why. No matter what you're called to do, when you hook up to that house and you hook up to that vision, that anointing, that ability, that, that, that calling in that pastor of that place begins to flow through you. It begins to flow through your ministry. It starts, and it empowers you 
to do what God has called you to do. You get an increase of ability just by being hooked up to the vision. Oh, hallelujah. Boy, that was worth combing your hair and coming to church for. Amen. And, and it begins to affect every area of your life. Uh, your home, your family, your ministry. I don't make light of that. You know, I, I, I thank God. So I was talking to my wife this afternoon, and I thank God for the ministers that God's hooked up to this church and, and to this fellowship. I don't take light of that. I mean, we got some of the, in our fellowship, we got some of the best preachers going. Amen. I mean, we just do. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Boy, you hear them, you think, boy, they're good. wonder who their pastor is. They're good preachers. Amen. But, but that's the truth. Amen. And I don't make light of that. Lord, you brought, but I believe that God brings a church the best. And I don't believe that God raises up the best and then they just all go. Because then you're constantly having to redo what was already done. Well, when does that disconnect occur? When a person decides, that's not my vision anymore. Amen. Understand this. People will say, well, you know, Pastor, your vision may not be my vision. Not my vision. It's the vision God gave me. Vision is a heavenly directive. Amen. You know what Habakkuk chapter 2 says in verse 2? It says, write the vision, make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. So write, inscribe the vision. So that, that denotes something, something that's deeper than just making a note. It's inscribed on tables. It has to be inscribed on every person's heart in our churches that the vision of this church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. People have to ooze vision. They have to ooze it. They have to talk it all the time. When it, sh it should be something that's talked about in our departments, something that's talked about in our leaders' meetings. Why? Because that's what God has called us to do. You cannot hope to fill the house, cover Arkansas, touch city, state, nation, and world if you won't stay committed to the vision. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory. Am I helping you? And he said, make it plain. Make it distinct. Make it clear. Engrave it. Make it distinct. Make it clear. I've told you how over the years I've, I've listened to my pastor, and I have an extensive, an extensive library, probably the most extensive library of, of anybody I know of his teaching, and constantly over and over and over and over again, not once, not twice, not three times, constantly in, in his messages. It wouldn't matter what he was ministering on. He would, he would talk about something, and, 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 and all of a sudden, he would say, I remember when I was in Southern California praying, and the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to go back to Little Rock. I want you to go back to your hometown, and I want you to raise up a spiritual production center, and I want you to produce life. City, state, nation, and world. And you call that church agape, the love of God. Amen. And then he would go in and he would say, folks, everything that we do, if it's not producing life, city, state, nation, and world, then we're off, we're off target. We're off balance. We're out of what God wants us to do. It was a constant thing about the vision. Oh, hallelujah. 
Why? Because it has to be plain. It has to be distinct. It has to be made clear. See, there's a reason, a reason to write the vision. What is it? So he can run that reads it. Amen. Amen. That implies what? Unity of vision. One's writing, and now one's running with the vision. Hallelujah. Why is that important? Because you become what the vision is. So it's not just I go to faith builders, it's I am a faith builder. Because you become what the vision is. Do you see that? Hallelujah. See, if, if you say that's my church, then that's what you are. I am a faith builder. I, I remember one time Marie, Pastor Marie was ministering years ago down in uh, 10th and Central. Uh, we were, when Tony and Paula pastored down there, and uh, we, we, it was, uh, I forget what it was. It was either their camp meeting or minister's meeting or something, but she made a statement years ago. I still have the notes, and she made a statement years ago, and she said, and, and, and it's not the best English, but boy, it sure is impactful. She said, there's never no not being a faith builder. You're never not a faith builder. You're always a faith builder because that vision imprints your spirit. Oh, hallelujah. I mean, you can go all the way to Southern California and spend years there, but you'll come back because there's no not being a faith builder because my, my, my spirit is imprinted. Amen. Glory. Some will say, well, what about what God wants me to do? Well, if God called you to this church or this fellowship, he wants you to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. Amen. Amen. Notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Can you show me that from the Amplified Bible? I want to hurry because there's some new material I want to get into. This, I'm kind of re recapping a lot of this. But notice what he says. Notice what Paul says to the church at Corinth. I urge you and treat you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all, all of you be in perfect harmony and full agreement in what you say, and that there be no dissensions or factions or divisions among you. The King James says, I want you to all speak the same thing. And what does that result in? No divisions and the body being perfectly joined together in the same mind. So what happens? Same thinking comes from the same vision. Amen. Same thinking comes from the same vision. You can't think the same without the same vision. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If, if, if I don't grab the vision... I can't think the same. I've, I've been to churches before, and it's like everybody had their own idea. Right? And they didn't think like the pastor because they didn't have the same vision. Hallelujah. 
You know, we had a, a, a meeting Saturday, and I told him, I said, this is not deep. But what did I do in that meeting? If you were in that meeting, a, a leader's meeting, you know what I did. I just went, and I, and I talked about policy. I talked about what we should be doing as leaders in our department, the things that we should be doing, and what was the culminating effect of all of that, building their faith and framing their world by the Word of God. Right? Amen. We're to think the vision, then we see the vision, then we act on the vision. We think it, we see it, and we act on it. Vision is more than just what a church does. The vision of a church is what that church is. Not just what they do, it's what they are. Because you'll only become, always, you will always and only become what the vision is. Hallelujah. Look at, look at Luke 4. Oh, Hallelujah. The vision. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Notice this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now we read this, and I don't know if you've ever thought of it this way. This was the vision for the ministry of Jesus Christ. The vision he was given was what the Father had instructed him to do. Amen. Vision, again, is a heavenly directive. And, and people in our church, people in our ministry have to understand that. That vision is a heavenly directive. Right? It can't change. It can't be done differently because that came from heaven. Right? I'll show you this from the Word. But vision is a heavenly directive. Look at John 17. Hallelujah. I'm glad you came to church tonight. Hallelujah. Remember I told you I had a friend that came to visit me one time, and he was here for a couple days, and he was looking at the church, and you know, I can't count the times over all the, all the years, 25 years this year, thank the Lord, that we've been doing what we do. And I can't tell you the times I've had people say, how do you all do everything you do? And here's what they mean, you know, because, uh, you know, if, if you're here on a Sunday morning, most Sunday mornings, you know, we're, we're full or close to full. But, but here's the thing, this sanctuary will seat 101 people. And so I, over, the, over the years, I've had people say, how do you guys do everything you do? I'll tell you how we do everything we do. We have people that are committed to the vision. Amen. End of discussion. They're, all, they're about the vision. Amen. Well, I might not be called to do that, but I'm a faith builder, so I'll help do it. Amen. Oh, you need somebody to cover that for right now? I'm a faith builder. I got it. Amen. Amen. We need some men to go outside and pick up the corners of this building. We need to move it five feet that way. Okay, let's go. Right? Exactly. 
Why? Because I'm a faith builder. I know that sounds funny, but that, that's it. You, there's no deeper purpose for a body than fulfilling the vision God gave them. It doesn't matter how great of a preacher, how great of a teacher, how wonderful the worship, how great the facility, without a vision, without a, continue, a, a commitment to the vision, doesn't matter. And so he came, and he was asking that question. And he said, I can't get my people fired up. I can't. Well, you know, I don't try to get people fired up. If you need somebody to get you fired up, you're in the wrong place. Amen. Amen. But here's the thing. I said, well, what's your vision? And, he, and then I asked him, how often do you teach on vision? He said, well, I don't know that I have a vision, and I've never taught on vision. I said, well, there's your problem. Because people got to know what the vision of that body is. What is it? To build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. And so the camera operator that's operating the camera right now, what is he doing? Building people's faith and framing their world by the Word of God. People that he doesn't even know. People from all over the world. People from Israel. People from South America. Amen. People from Russia. Glory to God. All over the world. And what's happening? They're building faith and having their worlds framed by the Word of God. I got a text from a guy today in the Little Rock location, and he texted me, and he said, Pastor, when I started coming to the church, I thought my life was over. He said, I came to that church, and my life was over. And he said, but I got a hold of building my faith and framing my world by the Word of God, and God turned everything around. What did he get a hold of? People say the word, the vision. The vision. Amen. See, when you come, when you come to, to church and Pastor Michelle or myself or one of the associates opens the Bible and says, let's go to Hebrews 11.1, 1, that's not the place for you to go, oh, boy, we're going to hear about faith again. It's, oh, here we go. Faith again. Praise God. We're going to build faith and frame worlds by the word of God. Amen. Amen. And then you just look at your neighbor and say, isn't it great? Building faith and framing worlds by the word of God. I mean, somebody looks at you and your eyes are just on fire. Oh, are you glory to God? <laughs> Amen. You know, is it any wonder that my friend doesn't have that church anymore? And that church doesn't exist anymore? Why, vision gives life to that body. John, John 17, verse 4. Am I helping you at all? He said, Jesus said, I've glorified you on the earth. I've finished the work that you gave me to do. So notice, Jesus said he glorified the Father by finishing the work he gave him to do. What did he do? He stayed with the vision. To, to complete the work, you have to stay with the vision. God honors that. God honors that. I've watched this over the years. And, and I, could, I could tell you some, some prominent ministers that I've seen this happen to, but I've watched this over the years. I, I knew of a ministry one time that at one time they had churches that covered the entire city they were in. And the, and the founder, the leader of, that, of those churches consistently ministered on vision and taught about the vision. 
And, 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 and over the years, as I spoke to them about why there was so much teaching on vision, they would make this statement, because people leak vision. Amen. See, in between the tonight and Wednesday, you're going to lose a little vision. So you got to show back up on Wednesday and get replenished. And then between Wednesday and Sunday, you're going to leak a little vision, but you're going to come back Sunday and get replenished. Right? Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And and I watched something over the years. I watched something over the years, and I watched a, 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 a pastor. There was a transition, and finally I watched the last pastor of, of the, the church in this city, and, and I watched the departure. I watched how different it was from the vision of that original ministry. You know, that church don't exist ever. And for the first time in probably 35, 40 years, there's no church of that brand in that city. What happened? No vision. Without a vision, people perish. Churches perish. Marriages perish. Amen? Oh, glory. A church will always enter into decline when they stray from the vision. Amen. Amen. I remember Elder Morton said something to me one time. He said, it's not about a big church, it's about a church that God's in. You know, numbers are wonderful, and God said we're going to fill the house. Well, he doesn't want us to just fill the house and then not do anything else with it. Wants us to fill the house and expand. But here, here's, here's, here's the point that I'm making. Understand, it will always enter into decline when you stray from the vision. Amen. You want that, so you want your core, the core of that church, the core of that ministry, strong with the vision. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. And then that core teaches the vision to other people, and they teach the vision to other people. That's, that's, that's the pattern that Paul gave. The things you've heard of me among faithful, the, the things you've heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men that will be able to teach others also. And so, right, so I'm not so, I'm not so concerned about somebody taking and teaching someone redemptive truths as I am about them taking them and teaching the vision. Because if you teach redemptive truths, you'll be teaching the vision. Is that right? Look, uh, ha, ha. Because the vision of a church is their purpose. It's why they exist. It's the only reason why we exist is to build people's faith and frame their worlds by the word of God. People can go to another church in town and hear about faith but hear me when I say this and understand how I'm saying it. But they can't go to another church and have their faith built and their worlds framed by the word of God because that's the vision of our church. And the church down the street may preach faith, and they, and they may be, but what is their vision? This is our vision. Look at Acts chapter 10. Stability comes from vision. Direction comes from vision. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. And this is when Peter went to the house of Cornelius. And it says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive God's no respecter of persons. 
but in every nation. He hath that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism that John preached. So Peter's saying, this is what we preached. And we preached it throughout all Judea and began at Galilee. What did you preach, Peter? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. So according to, the, to Peter, the apostles ministered the same thing Jesus ministered. What do we see? Jesus' vision was their vision. So everywhere they went, Here's what they preach. God has anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. It's what he said in Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and, and let me say something. I, I run into ministers, none in, in our fellowship, none in our churches, but I run into ministers, and here's what they always say. Well, you know, I just don't want to parrot somebody else. Well, why not? Why not? What's wrong with that? Well, I want to have my own revelation. Okay, I mean, and, and you'll get your own revelation, but you'll never have an original thought. Amen. Somebody's already thought it. Man, sometimes I, I've had God just give me a revelation. I've, I've picked up on something in the Word, and I, I'm a voracious reader, and I read a lot of things theology books. I read a lot of doctrine books because I believe personally that's what is so lacking and missing in the church is, is sound doctrine. But here's my point. And, and I'll just be revelating on something. Oh, Lord, that's so good. And I'll pick up a book from somebody that lived in the 1800s, and he'll say what God spoke to me. And he got it back in like 1801. And it's been around 175 years. Whoa, new revelation. It wasn't 175 years old. More than that, 2,000 years old. Right? But, but, but here's the point. Here's the point. Don't, don't worry about that. I remember Brother Copeland telling a story. And uh, he was at a full gospel businessmen's convention. And, you know, Brother Copeland's ministry, even Brother Hagin's ministry, really, did not really take off till they got hooked up with the full gospel businessmen. And when they got hooked up with the full gospel businessmen, their, their ministry became nationally known and, and then internationally known. But, you know, Brother Copeland would just take Brother Hagin's messages and preach them. He wouldn't even change the title. Amen. And Billy Brim came to Brother Hagin and said, Brother Hagin, there's a young minister out there preaching all your messages and not even giving you credit. And she said, I didn't know what he would do. She said, I thought he might be upset. And Brother Hagin started doing a jig right there in the office. said, glory to God. Somebody else is ministering the word of God. He, I've, been looking, I've been looking for a way to get it out there. Amen. And, 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 he, and, and they, they, they were ministering in the same conference. And uh, uh, Brother Hagin was, was standing in the, in the, the foyer. And there was a young girl came up to him. Brother Copeland was preaching. And she looked at Brother Hagin. 
and listened to what was being said and looked at Brother Hagin again and said, how are you in there preaching, but you're out here? He sounded so much like Brother Hagin, people thought he was Brother Hagin. Now, eventually, long watch, eventually, God imparted to Brother Kenneth Copeland the vision to preach the word of faith from the top of the world to the bottom and all around the middle. But where did it start? By taking the word that was being ministered by Kenneth Hagin and ministering that. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? So don't be worried about that. It's, it's yeah, but I, I want people to know I can preach on my own. Well, we know that. You're standing up there. You're, you're capable. Amen. But you see, I'm servicing the vision. Does that make sense? Oh, Glory. Acts chapter 2, notice, Acts chapter 2. Am I helping you at all? Acts chapter 2, we're not going to be speaking much longer. Verse 41, Acts 2, 41. Then they gladly, that gladly received his word were baptized. Same day they were added to the church, about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Notice, they continued in the apostles' doctrine, the apostles' vision. And they were in one accord. Hallelujah. That's important. Hallelujah. Why? Because it's not, well, I'm, you know, I got something new. They just stayed in their doctrine. Because that's where the power is at. Look at 2 Timothy 2. This is important. Because if you can get people to understand it doesn't take away from what God's called you to do, it accentuates and empowers what God's called you to do. Amen. 2 Timothy 2, verse 1, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus, and the things you've heard of me, the same commit to faithful men that will be able to teach others also. Now, follow me through this process. The things you heard, commit those things. Isn't that telling? What you've heard from me. Commit that to faithful men. Why to faithful men? Because they will take that and teach that. They'll take those things and teach those things. Amen. What I like so often, what I like so much when our associates minister is I hear this a lot. You know, it's like pastor says. Pastor said, I do the same thing. What, what, why is that important? I know what they're listening to. Amen. I know what they're hearing. I know they hear other people, and they should, right? But, but they're not ministering in another person's church. They're ministering where God called them to be. And they're constantly saying things like, you know, it's, 
Like Pastor said, Pastor Michelle said, so on and so forth. Here, here's the point. What are they doing? Taking the things they've heard and committing those things to faithful people. If, if a person is not taking what they have heard and committing that same thing, they're not faithful. They're not faithful. Because it's what I've heard is what I'm committing. Now, understand what, what I'm saying. God will speak to you in your prayer time. He'll speak to you in your study time. And he should. You should be hearing from God directly in your own spirit. But when it comes to feeding the body that God has called us, all of us, to feed, we feed them the same thing. Right? My mother was either, ever how you look at it, the world's worst or the world's best at something. When she cooked something, that's what she cooked. And that's what you're going to eat. My mother loved to cook beef liver. I know, I, I hear you. All right? And not only did she cook beef liver, she cooked... Now, now understand, I, I like Brussels sprouts. Back then, I didn't. But she made beef liver with Brussels sprouts. And then she put it on the table. And that liver just looked like a big old tongue. <laughs> to this day, I can smell it. I didn't like it then, I don't like it now. But here's what my mother would say. That's what's on the table. Eat it or don't eat it. But that's what you got. Amen. Now, she was probably nicer than that, but. Maybe that's how I perceived it. I was filtering it through liver. Right? Now, what, why is that important? Because she was faithful. You just, it's the same thing. Right? When it comes to feeding the flock, you teach them the same thing that you learn. And you commit that to faithful people. Amen. When, when I was training associates to minister, I would tell them what to minister on. All right, this is what I want you to minister on. I want you to minister on X. I want you to minister on this. Well, what if they had something different? They didn't. I told them what to do. So you don't have nothing different. If, I, if I'd had an associate call and say, well, the Lord led me a different direction. Oh, you're not preaching? Why? Because this is what God told me for you to minister. Now, I haven't had to do that in, in a few years. But here, here's the point. Is it that they were incapable? No. Is it that they're not anointed? Heavens, no. It's, it's at that stage of the growth. I want you ministering the same thing that we've been ministering. Doesn't take away from their ability. It gives them parameters. You know how safe it is to know all I've got to do is preach what I was told. And some of them, I would give them my notes. This is what I want you to minister on. 
Now, how easy is that? Just take the notes and pray over them. Right? And take it into your own kitchen. Put your own spices in it. Right? Now, I'm saying this for a reason. And then the, the church is getting the same thing. See, that's vision. That's servicing the vision. Oh, hallelujah. Notice he didn't say, Timothy, get your own thing and teach that. He said, teach faithful people what I taught you, and they will teach others. So what does that mean? Vision has to be communicated to every generation. I have to communicate vision to every generation because this is what's so important. And I've saved this to the last. Where vision is lost, revelation is lost. Where vision is lost, revelation is lost. When you abandon vision, you move away from your foundation. So if you want to keep the power, you keep the vision. Think, think about this for a few moments in, in the last little bit of time we have left. The, the Lord raised Brother Hagin up from his deathbed when he was 17 and eventually gave him the vision, go teach my people faith. Now, you know, our lives have been immeasurably blessed by Kenneth Hagin. But have you ever thought he didn't have anybody teaching him faith? He had to get in the Word and find out what it said for himself. He was a Baptist preacher that didn't believe in speaking in other tongues, but he was willing to go fellowship with the Pentecostals. To ha he would say to have a little fellowship around faith and healing. Well, God had raised him up from his deathbed. He's got to keep that flow of faith going or he goes back on his deathbed. Amen. Think about this. Where would your life be, number one, without God, but number two, without the vision God called you to be a part of? Right. See, you can't, people can't just say all the ideas and the insights and the concepts and all these things that came to me came to me and would have come to me anyway. Would they or would they, would, they, would they not have come like they came if you hadn't been hooked up with a vision that could service that? Oh, hallelujah. There are people on the sound of my voice, when you started coming to this church, you got seated with the ideas that God eventually had you walk out. And where'd that come from? The vision. Somebody telling you, you can take your faith, and you can take it like a tool, and you can go change any circumstance, and you can have whatever you say. Is that right? Glory. So God said, I want you to go teach my people faith. Amen. Amen. I was speaking with Mark Hankins one time, and he made a statement to me. He said, the vision that God gave Brother Hagin was what I'm following because God hooked me up to Dad Hagin. And he said, that's why I will help the Hagin ministry 
however I can because God told me to help Brother Hagin. Amen. It's important. God raised up Oral Roberts and said, I want you to take my healing power to your generation. And he did. Now, now think about that. In, in all these visions, it's one generation away from not existing if it's not communicated to the next generation. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Now, of course, Brother Richard Roberts is still ministering. He is Or Roberts Ministries now. But the point is, he's still ministering and taking God's healing power to that generation. Amen. But there are other ministries that, that, that I know of. And, and one ministry, God raised up a man of God, very powerfully used, and a pioneer in the faith. And... and his, his focus, he taught much on demons and casting out devils and, and, and things of that nature, deliverance. And, and here's the thing. When he passed away, his family started arguing over the intellectual rights to his material. Grandson got offended by something, and they're suing each other, and you got uncles suing grandsons and grandsons suing uncles. And, and here's the thing. None of, his, none of his intellectual property can be published, put out, because it's wrapped up in a legal fight. I was talking to Annette Caps about that, and we were talking about that, and she said, yeah, and that's why nobody knows anything about demons. You understand? Why? Because what did I say? Where vision is lost, revelation's lost. Amen. So you got to have a place where people can come and be taught faith in the pure manner that it was learned so it can be effective. A lot of what people are calling faith is not faith. And if you as a faith builder went and heard that person, that, that message on faith, you would go, that's not faith. Why? Because you've been hearing faith. You know faith. Why? Because every time you come to church, your faith is built and your world is framed by the Word of God. Is that right? This is important because that's what we are. Am I helping you? It's the vision. God gives men a vision, and that vision directs their activity. The more closely you align yourself with the vision, the more effective your efforts. Hallelujah. Do you see that? And so uh, as, as I'm closing, so there's no reason for a television ministry if we're not building faith and framing worlds by the Word of God. They're, 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 right? They're, there's no reason to cover Arkansas. There's no reason to have two churches. There's no reason to fill the house if we're not building faith and framing worlds by the Word of God. Now, we are and we always will, but I'm trying to get you to see there's no reason if we don't. Amen. Hallelujah. 
And so that's why when you have meetings with your department, you start your meeting off by the vision of this department is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. And here in the children's ministry, we'll do that by this. We'll break the word of God down into little bite-sized chunks so they can get it and chew it up and swallow it. Amen. We'll use puppets to do it. We'll use skits to do it. We'll use videos to do it. We'll use songs to do it. We'll have crazy hair day to do it. Right? Amen. Amen. In, in, in the youth department, we'll have exciting services. We'll have snacks and candy. Amen. We'll have exciting games. We'll have outings. We'll go to the park. We'll go to Worlds of Fun. We'll sweat. We'll take pies in the face. Because what are we doing? Help me. What are we doing? We're building their faith and framing their world by the Word of God. Amen. I'll go and I'll, be, I'll become a part of Hoops and Bible, and I'll get out of my comfort zone. And even though I haven't played basketball in 20 years, I'll get my shorts on and my, tent, my basketball shoes, and I'll go build faith and frame worlds by the Word of God on the basketball court, even though I'm probably going to get dunked on and have the ball stole from me several times. But I'm not there to play ball. I'm there to build faith. Right? And frame worlds by the word of God. Glory. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Get the vision in people and God will give them the ability. You get the vision in them. As a leader, you get the vision in them. Yeah, have y'all ever heard Brother Jesse talk about Fritz? You know Fritz? I met Fritz. And Fritz is quite a guy. I met Fritz at the CUFI Summit in Washington here a few weeks ago. And he's a big supporter of Israel. And, you know, you hear Brother Jesse talk about him, and you, you think Fritz is a buffoon. Well, he started out that way. He's a very well-spoken man, very big part of CUFI. And he, but here's the thing. When did that all start happening? When he got a hold of a vision? I say when he got a hold of a vision. There are people under the sound of my voice, and I'm not going to have you raise your hands, but you found your purpose for life when you started coming to this church. You found your reason for being, but right? Hallelujah. See, your marriage didn't just get better because you started coming to church. It's because you got a vision. Have you, have you ever thought about that? Everything you need is found in that vision. You get hooked up to the local church and start building faith and framing worlds by the Word of God, everything you need shows up. Because the vision supplies. The vision supplies. Hmm. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, hallelujah. And, 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 it's, and, and it's that way in everything that we do. And I'm not going to take the time to go through all that we do, but that, it's, it's that way in everything that we do. And vision transcends, vision transcends age. Doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, you can build faith and frame worlds by the Word of God. Vision transcends race. It transcends ethnicity, right? Because, because vision is colorless. 
It, it doesn't matter what race you are. You build faith and frame worlds by the word of God. Amen? Doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, right? Doesn't matter. Vision transcends your gender, whether you're male or female. Women can build faith, men can build faith. Women can frame worlds, men can frame worlds. Doesn't matter. Glory! If you've only been born again three months, you're building faith and framing worlds by the Word of God. You're a faith builder going somewhere to build something. You're a faith builder that's making a difference in your neighborhood. You're making a difference in your family. Something's different about you. Something changed about you. What's different about you? I got a vision. I got a reason for getting out of bed this morning. I got a purpose in my life that I didn't used to have. I'm not just going to church. I'm going to build faith. Well, you preaching tonight? No, but I'm going to sit by somebody. And I'm going to build their faith. I'm going to frame their world by the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. What do you do at your church? Build faith and frame worlds by the Word of God? Oh, you mean you teach? No, I greet. I greet. I build faith and frame worlds by the Word of God. That's the craziest church I ever heard of. I know you ought to come. Amen. Amen. What are you, you going to do at church today? Build faith? Frame worlds by the Word of God? Yeah. Oh, you got a class? No, I'm in the AV. I'm going to run the camera today. Amen. Hallelujah. Me and Brother Dave, we're going to drink pickle juice and run the camera. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's one of the perks of AV department. Free pickle juice. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, somebody said. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, just think about that. You go to work in children's ministry, you get to build faith and frame worlds by the Word of God and get a cookie as big as your head. One of, the, one of those little, new, little girls came out, newcomer today, and, 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 and I said, what you got in the bag? She said, a cookie. She said, I got a cookie. I got a cookie in the bag. And then here come her brother. I got a cookie too. Had a plate, big, a cookie as big as a plate. You can put baked potato and chicken on that need it but what happened besides the fact that they went home with a sugar rush what happened they got their faith built and their world's framed by the word of God how you put a price on that how you put a price on that and guess what you did it you did it I didn't do it. I didn't preach to those kids. You preached to those kids. And you built their faith and framed their world by the Word of God. I've got people sitting here. i got Pastor Marie sitting over here. Now, all, all three of her grandsons born again. Why? Because they, they came to church. I didn't preach to them. Pastor Anthony preached to them. And what happened? He built their faith and framed their world by the Word of God. What happened? And now their, their lives are changed. Glory! Hallelujah! Glory. And there's going to be a lot of people that, 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 that they encounter in their life. But there's only going to be one that can say, I introduce them to the eternal living God. Only him. Because he decided I'll build their faith and frame their world by the word of God. You know, we got Brother Dwayne back here. And you know, Dwayne don't say much. Amen. He don't say much, but he lives right. I'd rather have, we need more of that in our generation. 
We need men that may not say so much, but they sure live well. Amen. And, and you know, he's back there, and he got out of his comfort zone and decided, I'm going to work the computer, and I'm going to run the sound. And I don't know how much out of his comfort zone it was, but it was out of his comfort zone. Amen. Every time Anthony says, let's roll that video, and Brother, Brother Dwayne hits that button, what's he doing? Building, help me, help me, building faith and framing worlds by the Word of God. Hallelujah. Jeremy, at this year's VBS in Little Rock, I continued the wonderful tradition of Sir laughs a lot. Amen. I want you to know that was the most anointed part of that whole drama. Hallelujah. You know, you know amen. Hallelujah. I remember I was, I was teaching the VBS part. I mean, is this okay? Am I taking too long? I was teaching the v- VBS, my part of the VBS. And, and it was in, in the back in, in the room we called The Keep. And I, I was back there, and we had, we had three kids that came, uh, two brothers and their little sister. And uh, I was talking about, remember, the good kingdom and the bad kingdom, right? And, and the good kingdom is ruled by God and based on truth, and, and the bad kingdom is ruled by Satan based on lies. And I, I just made the statement. I said, wouldn't it be great to, to come out of the bad kingdom and come into the good kingdom? And everybody said, yeah. I said, well, you know, if you're in the bad kingdom and you want to come into the good kingdom, just pray this with me. All three of them prayed. Glory to God. Amen. Isn't that great? But here, here's my point. And, and you know, we, we would do those, those little dramas. And uh, I, I had people tell me, and I've even thought that. You know, I don't know many senior pastors that would do that. If, if I wasn't called to be a senior pastor, I'd be a children's pastor. That's, I, I just would. I, I know that. But, but I'm, I still get to do it. Anthony will let me do whatever I want. <laughs> but here, here's my point. I didn't think, right, that playing a character was just filling a role. I thought I'm building faith and framing worlds by the Word of God. Amen. And, you know, then we're filling out the certificates at the end of EBS. I'm thinking, man, all these kids heard the Word. And, you know, we had kids here today that came to VBS, and their parents heard the Word today. Building faith. And framing world. Now, here's my question. What price can you put on that? It's priceless. Hallelujah. When we gave the, the altar call today, adults came, children came. Building their faith and framing their world by the word of God. Amen. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? Say it out loud. The vision of our church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. That's wonderful. Glory to God. Now, as we're closing, I just close your eyes with me for a moment, just for a moment. We're not giving an altar call or anything like that. But... Just, just think about it for a moment. The vision. Where can I 
get involved? What can I do? What can I do more of? If I'm not involved, how can I get involved? And just, uh, just say this with me. Say this with me out of your heart. Say, Father, I know that you've called me here. You've connected me with this vision. I'm asking you to show me where I can get involved. How I can be a part of building faith and framing worlds by the Word of God. Father, I want to do that more than anything else. Please show me in Jesus' name. Now, if you, if you said that and you meant it, He'll show you. Amen? Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Glory to God.